0: Thank you for checking out Only the Important Stuff. I'm your host, Jeff Heinrich. It is Monday, July 24th, 2023. Hope you all are uh, going to have a great week ahead of you as we are coasting into the last week, last month, excuse me, last month of summer, officially, unofficially. Heck, if you're down south, you got like two, three weeks left, which is even wilder to me if you think about it. Thank God we don't start school till after Labor Day, after the State Fair up here in the great state of Minnesota. So, Yeah, thank you all so much for checking out uh, the show. It means a lot to me. It means a lot when you let me know what you're enjoying about it or what you're not enjoying about it. I truly appreciate all those comments and any interaction you give me with respect to this. On today's episode, I got a family member, another family member. I got a big extended family. Um, But today's guest is probably the guy I was closest with that... uh, I grew up with and spend so much time with. He is my cousin, uh, the son of my mom's twin brother. And we spent every holiday together, every important date in our lives, really just being close as a family and having fun and raising hell. So super excited to catch up with him. This, he is one of, honestly, the most interesting humans, I, I think, on the planet. If I've had a couple of interesting people on here. But I'm always fascinated by people who live lifestyles that seem to be outside of what the general public would consider normal. Uh, He has always blazed his own path and, you know, chased whatever kind of seemed like the next great opportunity for him. And and I admire the hell out of that. So without further ado, looking forward to this conversation, Uh, my cousin. Mr. Chad Cadwell. Here we go. What's up, cuz? What up, yo? Can you hear me? I can. you. Yeah. Loud and clear, dude. How are ya? Living. Living the dream. How about yourself, man? Same. Hell Same. Yeah? I'm
1: doing okay, man. I bet. Are we recording?
0: Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I can edit anything out and do. That's any, fine. Any I am um,
1: going through a breakup. My work life—I'm killing it. My work life, everything's good. I, yeah. I'm going through a, kind of a rough breakup. Girlfriend took my dog, and I gave her the dog. It's the right thing for her and the dog. So, kind of like living a sad country song on the on the family side. But
0: uh, I'm sorry to hear that, man.
1: All good. It is. It is what it is. Is so.
0: that uh, I? I forgot her name so excuse me is that Christine. the one yeah is that the one you had been with for kind of a while
1: yeah we we met 25 years ago man and uh off and on she'd been married in between but we this we've, we've always been connected and we just don't we don't live well together man we don't and and i'm i'm a i'm a challenge i'm a bit of a free spirit and a and an yeah. independent kind of beast so um i just don't suit the needs of these of these ladies that I spend a lot of time with but (laughs) I'm sorry to hear that dude all good man it is what it is we got lots of good happening though too so absolutely
0: absolutely well it's good to see your face man
1: you too bro how are you
0: doing well doing well I'm uh I've been like alone for a week my wife and kids went back to Kentucky to visit her parents right and I had to stick around back home just cause works nuts and it's hot on the streets right now. Right. So it's like, it just wasn't a good time for me to kind of disappear for a week. And so I've been home alone, right. Macaulay Culkin in it for uh for a week. And I don't know what to do with myself most of the time. Right. Like I, I walk the dogs four or five times a day. Uh, I stand in the yard, just kind of looking around like, man, I don't know if I've talked to anybody today. <laughs> so like, i'm looking forward to like sitting down with you and just having a good conversation man like and yeah chopping it up too. and catching up because it's been a minute
1: yeah it's been a long minute
0: man absolutely i'm trying to think of the last time like we were together and it might have been in florida um in yeah. naples right yep. yeah that was probably what two years ago more than that chad i think it was like four or five <laughs> uh, cause Joslyn was a baby.
1: Yeah. I mean, I follow you on social media, so I feel like I've watched these kids grow up. Right. But you're right. I think she was just a little bugger and,
0: and Jack was, you know, he might've been two, you know, and so he's nine or eight turning nine. No, he's nine. It couldn't have been that long ago. I mean, I think it was Chad it's terrible you know it sucks, it sucks. like that's yeah, life yeah. dude like life just it happens so fast right um that sometimes it's hard to like process and we haven't had like one of those huge family get togethers that we have had like in we the need past to do that. 100% man um 100% but it's been a while man like how, aside from the breakup how have things been going for you dude
1: dude so really good
0: i um you know from a, from a professional
1: standpoint, I'm the director of development for a nationwide nonprofit called AMI Kids. Mm-hmm. And we empower kids, man, taking kids that are having a rough go, whether they're adjudicated, multiple felonies, or they just haven't done anything wrong. Their parents suck. Oh. We're in the fo- We work with foster care kids. We're growing into the foster care kids you know, environment working with department of children and families and family support services and work with a lot of kids in DJJ. And we've been doing that for like 53 years. We're opening up charter schools, the maritime Academy in Panama city. So we're serving about 5,000 kids a year. I'm the director of development and I just love the impact that we're having, man. It's incredible. Um, I get an opportunity to help kids and change lives every single day, all across inner cities, all across the country, nine States. We have like, Fifty-four locations and we're just crushing it we are really really good at
0: helping kids and young people in general how Um, how'd you get like has that always been like a passion of yours or
1: um so helping people has always been something that I like was kind of called to do I guess I don't even know you know if, if a kid was getting picked on you know I tried to help and I'm sure I was an asshole to kids too. I mean, but, but I certainly remember even as a young person trying to help people. I think when I got, I was the general manager for many years. So maybe, maybe I'll back up for a second. So when I was 18, I started a kayaking outfitter and I was guiding multi-day kayak expeditions on the Missouri river from Montana to St. Louis. One of my greatest friends, mentors, and clients Um, who became like a father figure to me, was writing a story for the L.A. Times around the bicentennial of the Lewis and Clark thing, and he owned a home and a sailboat on Yusefa Island. Yusefa Island is this bridgeless private island, and I was the general manager out there. I I was delivering his sailboat to Guatemala, and I met the owner of this island, and he's like, hey, come back here, be the manager of this place, be my assistant, and, and run the show, and I did that. Everything that I've done since has somehow been connected to the incredible people that I met on that island. Like captains of industry and, you know, rock stars and politicians and senators and congressmen and whatever. So Mm -hmm. it was all millionaires and a handful of billionaires. And it's (laughs) like, you know, everything that I've done since then stemmed from that. So to answer your question, um, there was this incredible friend of mine who I met on the island, who hired me to be his campaign manager. This is a lot of information, dude. I feel like you're drinking from a fire hydrant. Don't even have a hose. Yeah. Me, <laughs> I, I was running a campaign for county commission. We raised a bunch of money, and I had the opportunity to work with some of these high-powered, you know, p- p- lobbyists and mm-hmm. and – these awesome fundraisers and things on a campaign for County Commission in Lee County, Florida. We lost that campaign, but had very a lot of success in raising money. And in my working with this consultant and this lobbyist, uh, he was the board chair for a local location, a local AMI kids location in Southwest Florida. And they were looking for an executive director. So he asked me to 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 put my hat in the ring for this position. He thought I would be great in the fit in the organization. I didn't know much about him, but I jumped in. I applied, made it through a few interview processes, and they said, "Hey, you know, I think I think maybe you can do a little bit more than run this one location. Why don't you consider coming to work on our development team?" And uh, since we had success in raising money, and I, you know, I love. I'm a. I guess I'm kind of a salesperson. I can sell, you know. Um, and I'm able to raise money when I believe in something, when I really believe in something, I can be pretty persuasive and, and, um, I believe in what we do at AMI kids. I was recruited and I, and I've had some great successes here. I've been with them for about seven years. I travel the country, specifically the state of Florida. I'm on the road, you know, three days a week. Yeah. So a lot. And it's hard for somebody to be with me because I'm traveling for AMI kids three days a week. And then the second half of my life really is that I I have you know with one of our family members Brad Bauer mm-hmm. our mom and dad's cousin yeah um he and I started South Dakota Access so I sold my kayaking outfitter when I moved to Florida and I started a hunting outfitter with Brad yeah. 5 years ago and we were really focused on bird hunting and I just had a ton of interest and and you know I just fell in love with hunting big Deer mostly with a bow and arrow, but a big yeah. deer, big chasing big deer out. And um, Brad was kind of going one way and I was going another way, and Brad wanted to do bird hunts and I was doing deer hunts, so we kind of just split it right. Brad's doing birds, I'm doing deer, and, and my deer bit the deer side of our business and that deer like the big game outfitting side of our business is exploded. So I spend you know three months a year in South Dakota working remote for any of my kids, burning PTO, and then Kind of brokering and outfitting hunts. I don't do a lot of guiding anymore. Okay. Uh, But we are banging, growing. Yeah. Managing access to like five and a half million acres.
0: Nuts. That's crazy. Outfitting 60 deer
1: hunters at a time.
0: Mm -hmm. Nuts.
1: Crazy times.
0: So, like, I mean, you've touched on a bunch, right? Like, uh, I'm going to back up, right? Yeah, fine. Chad and I are cousins, (laughs) right? Like, uh, I've always done, like, a a little bit of, like, uh, an introduction, right? But, like, you know, we're cousins, and, you know, about a year apart, and uh, your dad, my mom, we're twins, and that side of the family always had, like, this, you know... It's seemingly like we got together every holiday, right? Whether it's Fourth of July, Christmas, Thanksgiving, like, we're always... There was a lot of touching base there, right? And so, like we grew up, we essentially kind of grew up together, um, and connecting three, four times a year around holidays over in, you know, Sioux Falls or Mitchell. You know, whether it was at, you know, you know Jim and Donna's, right, just on the lake shooting off fireworks, or you know, at a, you know, playing baseball. I mean, you name it, right? But like we kind of grew up just terrorizing like our older girl cousins. Uh, I'm sure they didn't like, you know, us too, but it, you know, that was like, so I don't want to say didn't like, but they probably got annoyed with us. Right. And how crazy we were because we were kind of like the younger ones, right? Like, uh, and they were all a little older and we just, we were there to have a good time. And, you know, like you, you, you've listed off a bunch of stuff, right. That you've done. And I think that's kind of like one of the crazier and or more interesting parts, right, of you. Because I'm curious to know, like, where that came from, right? Like this uh, nomadic, gypsy, always-on-the-move lifestyle uh, and what, like, spurned that. Because, you know, you talked to a couple things, but, like, other stuff that, like, I always, like, kind of reference, like junior racquetball aficionado slash champion, right? Like you're big into baseball, you're you've been a hunting guide, kayak guide, bartender, ran a private island, ran an election campaign, ran a ski resort, all while get you know, like so it's just a lot. And you've always you've been kind of like all over all the time. Like, what do you think like spurned that in you or like made that spark and like made you wanna kinda like go down that? And it's a lot. Yeah. I don't
1: know. I don't know. I I um you know, sometimes I feel like it's because I lack focus, (laughs) but sometimes I feel like it's my call. Like it's my calling. Like I don't, I'm happiest when I'm taking on new challenges. Like I get bored easy. Sure. Um, you know, like I, I've created this life of adventure. Yeah. Because, uh, every, you know, the only way I could take advantage of, you know, this opportunity that pops up is because I'm footloose and fancy free. I don't have a lot of roots. Mm -hmm. You know, I've kind of lived backwards. I lived the retired lifestyle when I was 24 years old, dude. Like I was barefoot 11 months a year. The only time I was not wearing, was wearing anything on my feet. I was hunting ducks with waders on. Like I was, yeah, it was crazy. Ever since I was a young man, like I couldn't get out of South Dakota quick enough now I can't get back enough. Like, I just love mm-hmm. that where we're from, where our family is from and is the most, is the most special place to me. I just, uh, and I, I've been able to, you know, you know, enjoy and maximize my time in the most beautiful corners and nooks and crannies that I can find. And I, I love that state so much. Um, you know, maybe this, maybe this will give some insight to you on that. And I think this is a really important part of my life and, I don't know if it helps or hurts, but I tell people when they ask me, or I'm interviewing, this is a key component of my life. I have five factors that I weigh every decision in my life on, right? I'm a Libra. I was born in October, you know, 1978, October 11th, 1978. I'm a Libra. I weigh everything. And my five things that I use to weigh every decision, whether it's personal, professional, or somewhere in between, obviously – You know, for me, adventure is important. Mm -hmm. And impact is important. I need to make money. So money is a factor. Mm -hmm. You know, flexibility is another factor. And then joy. Joy is the most important, I think. I list it last, but really every if the joy so here's how I look at that. I can put all five things of those down on paper that I do on a regular basis when I'm making a decision, literally. And I give, okay what is the adventure rating of this decision? Like, is this, if you know, I could go and make way more money than I'm making right now in like one phone call, I can get a job, make three times the money that I make. The adventure is really low. The impact rating is low. You know what I mean? The flexibility rating is low. Money is high. And um, adventure is probably low. I don't remember which ones I said, but whatever. For me, balance, is where I want to be sure. and so I think where I'm falling is I love the organization that I work for right mm-hmm. now I don't know where this where this message goes we are a dysfunctional family right we have a lot of things that are about about this organization that I struggle with and I get frustrated with but at the same time I look around and if anybody needed me you don't have to tell me whether you need me or not, just tell me if I need to bring weapons. Like I would do whatever sure. I needed to do for my family. Right. Like yep. it didn't, I'm, you know, I, I don't really have a lot to lose. So, um, I, I guess I made, I make every decision based on those five factors. And when, when, a, when a present, when, a, when an opportunity presents itself, it's like if the adventure's really high and I can still make some money and it's like giving me like this feeling of adventure and flexibility, I'm gone, dude. Like, yeah. I mean, and right now, with my Kids, it gives me stability, which stability has never been a factor, but it has to be at some point, right? Sure. And I guess it kind of plays into that, like I have a pension and benefits and a good salary and this work that I love, you know, mm-hmm. that I can't even, even on my time off, Kevin, come here, come here, come here, even on my time off, um, I work. Yeah. I've got a guest
0: this week. What's up, Kevin? Hi. I'm Jeff. How you doing, bud?
1: My cousin. Cool. And we're talking. Are you in Minneapolis right now?
0: Uh, yeah. That's where I essentially where I live.
1: Um. So Jeff's my cousin. We're a year apart. He's a cool dude. Yeah, he is.
0: (laughs) You got you big Florida Gator fan? Yeah. Nice. Very cool. Kevin is Kevin is
1: a Kevin is a is a music fan.
0: Nice. And Kevin
1: is one of my best friends. And last night. We uh, went to the Luke Combs and Laney Wilson concert together and absolutely so danced our faces off. Yes. We had wristbands. You still have your wristband on? Oh, we took it off. We we get upgraded. Like I I'll buy, you know, we bought expensive seats last night, but but the minute I walk in, I don't even look at our seats. I walk up and say, hey, he can't see. Can we get can we get moved? We get moved right to the rail. You know what I mean? Oh,
0: nice.
1: And, like, he dances. He's having so much fun. Like, people see him. He's, he's he's like, best part of the whole show. Yeah. (laughs) And everybody loves him. So, people walk up. Like, one of the employees walks up. Is this your brother? I said, it's my brother from another mother. And he goes, cool. Here's two wristbands. Have a ball. So, we're like, yo. So, we shot right down to the bottom. And, anyway, great, buddy. He's here. So, you hear a TV
0: going. That's what's going on. He's one of my
1: best pals. He's spending a couple of nights with me we had guys weekend
0: that's awesome that's awesome yeah. man and it, like i feel like that's also um you've worked with kids with disabilities in the past right like that's another thing right like that probably weighs into that whole impact thing right like you're yeah
1: 100 percent, kevin i met at a i was volunteering running the kind of not running i started as an entry-level volunteer um but very quickly they kind of saw I could help a lot more. so I was playing a key component. they, they were running adult summer camp for adults with disabilities three times a year through the goodwill of Southwest Florida. Mm-hmm. And um, they had an adventure component of that kayaking, canoeing, adventure course where they did like obstacle courses with kids in wheelchairs and you know mm-hmm. people that couldn't walk we were, we were like moving them along on sure. this like balance beam and stuff. So I played a pretty key component for that because I can carry a lot of weight I'm built for that. And I was born without a sense of smell. This is kind of interesting. I was born without a sense of smell. Or if I ever had a sense of smell, one of my seven concussions knocked it out. So I have zero sense of smell. Wow. And I can help with personal care needs and not give a shit. Sure. Like, so I'm helping these guys shower and picking them and moving them around and, you know, handling whatever needs to be handled at these, at these summer camps as a volunteer. And I loved it. I helped hundreds of people across all ability levels, Mm -hmm. get in kayaks, canoes, go swimming, do a, you know, I do adaptive recreation. I love the challenge. Like if you got no legs, you want to kill a mule deer. Cool. Jump on. Let's go. You know what I mean? Like, let's do it. But like Kev was only was the only camper that I couldn't get in a damn canoe. Like I was getting 350 pound quadriplegics into canoes and out of canoes and I couldn't get Kevin to butch. 12 years later, dude, this is one of one of my best friends. There's like very few people on the planet that I'd rather hang out with. And uh, we go to concerts, man, and just shred it up. We're going to go watch the UFC fights tonight. That's awesome. He likes to sneak a beer or three every once in a while. He's got the <laughs> thirst. So we have that in common. We like to drink beer, right? Love that. And uh, yeah, we just have a fun time. He's, he makes my life better.
0: <laughs> that's awesome, so, man. Like, yeah. So
1: anyway, we kinda got sidetracked there, but um back to the back to the scale thing. Every decision that I make, man, I try to it fits well somewhere in there. And and um I think that's kind of how I got to this nomadic point in my life. Like I've been traveling in it now I now I've fallen in love with a truck camper. I have a pickup camper, a camper that slides in the back of my truck. I got four wheel drive, I can pull it out. Mm-hmm. It's got a shower and a kitchen and a queen sized bed and enough storage for a rifle and a bow and a shotgun. And I'm like, off. and I hang in South Dakota for a month and a half or two at a time, you know, and either camp in the black Hills or in the badlands or pull up on some of these Indian reservations and scout deer. And, you know, last fall, it allows me to, I call it the mobile command center. Sure. I can sit in the back of my truck and take meetings, virtual meetings or whatever yeah. with the AC on or the heat on or whatever the situation. And be like, you know, turn my camera off and like looking out the window, glassing up a deer a mile away, you know, sitting on a hill. I I parked on a hill last year for like three, four days at a time, never left, never moved my pickup. Like there's grass growing around my pickup by the time I pull out. It's amazing. (laughs) And it's just my happy place. Yeah. It's my happy place, but it doesn't, it doesn't suit, you know, 40, 35 to 45 year old women. Well, or, you know. Yeah. somebody like that. So, so it's got its downsides too. Um, mm-hmm. you know, but anyway,
0: but I mean, yeah. like, I think that's, what's so cool. Right. And I've talked to a couple people who've had very interesting paths to getting to where they're getting right. And you know, look, like we're not in our twenties anymore. Right. I feel like we know who we are and we know where we're going and, and what we're looking for out of, out of this life at this point for the most part there's always room for for change and growth as you go but like I think that's like one of the coolest parts and like um not that I'm trying to turn this into the, like this uh you know life advice thing you know but this is for my kids to, to hear like people and their stories and their journeys and um you know like there's not a path cuz you know look like our parents we grew up with, and I think most people in our generation as well, like grew up thinking like you go to college, you get a job, you work there for 45 years, you retire, right? Like there's, it was this kind of slow and steady upward climb was always the thought of what you had to do. And so many people I talked to, man, it's, yeah, I'm going to go up, but then I'm gonna go down and over to continue, you know, the goal is always up, but it's not a linear path, right? Like it, it can look chaotic at times, but as long as you know where you're going, right. And you've got the happiness. And like, as you mentioned, like you've got these factors that like you weigh your decisions with, like those are the things that matter to you. It's like the sooner you can identify those internally, the happier you're going to be like within your life, because it's not just about money, right? Like, yeah, it matters hundred percent. Like the it really does. money yeah. helps you, you know, do other things for sure. Um, but if that's all you're chasing, you're never going to find happiness because there's never enough, you know, like you'll never have enough if that's your goal. Right. So it's, it's looking at impact, right? Like how can I, you know, make the world a better place, like improve somebody else's life or, you know, be able to be there for my friends slash adventure, you know, all these things. And, Like, it's so cool that, like, you, to hear, like, that you had kind of, like, those things internalized and help you make decisions so early, right? Because from an outsider's point of view, it's always like, man, what is he doing? Like, where's he going? Like, what's next, right? But you know where you're going, and, you know, fuck all that noise, right? Like, pardon my language, but, like, none of that matters. Like, it's my life, and I'm going to do what I want to do, and as long as I'm happy, like, who cares, you know, and as long as I'm getting what I want out of this trip, you know, on this earth, that's what matters, right? Because well,
1: that sounds selfish, and and I've been accused of being selfish in in a relationship. Like what you just said is is, is quite selfish, and, and and I I guess if and that may be that you know I'm I'm looking at I'm going to hold myself accountable for my shortfalls. Mm hmm. And as I na- navigate this breakup and this loss of this friendship mm-hmm. of 24 years and, and my dog, <laughs> you know, and just, yeah. and just feeling this empty place in my heart. Like I know that sometimes you only love somebody, you let them go. But I guess I have to look at myself and take in all that feedback. And there was a lot of criticism and feedback in this over the last four and a half years. I mean, sure. And I have to take all that in and, and, and I guess, maybe what I'm, maybe an outside viewpoint of what I am facing is very selfish.
0: Yeah, I get what, I, I understand what you're saying, right? Like saying like that, that, that can be a selfish viewpoint, but it's also one where we like, there's no set, like you should never settle, right? Uh Relationships, professionally, like, you know, being a parent, you name it, right? And it takes unique, like we're all unique. Right. And it's just about finding that person that it accepts, but then also gets you to like have a little bit of compromise as well. Right. Like if, if you're going into a relationship and it's like, um, if I were to start dating you, Chad, (laughs) right. Like I'm well aware of who you are. Right. So for me to then like come in and ask you to change, to suit me, that's also very selfish. Ah, thank you. You know what I I mean? Like, I needed that. You know what I mean? Like, like there's gotta be, it's, it's a compromise on both levels. Like my wife and I work well together. Like she's, don't get me wrong. She tries to ask me to like, we try to meet in the middle on a lot of things, but it's not always going to be that way. And she accepts that. And I accept that out of her. Like there's, there's just, there's always that give and take. And if you're not willing to give and take, it ain't going to work in any like friendship, dating, you name it. Right. Like to ask anybody to be what you want is incredibly selfish in my opinion.
1: No, I, I guess there, there is some of that for sure. I mean, you're, you're right on. I needed to hear that, dude.
0: You know what I'm saying?
1: Like, and my little buddy here comforting me, he prays for me every day. His mom says he's I
0: love that. What's your favorite? Like, so
1: concerned about my happiness, man. It's incredible. He's always been like that. Like, what was
0: your What was your favorite Luke Combs song last night? Ooh, yeah.
1: Which one was your favorite? Uh, my family is uh, Luke Combs. Luke Combs was his favorite.
0: Okay, I like Beer Never Broke My Heart.
1: Ooh, that was a good one. Oh, you yeah. danced a lot for that one. Yeah, I did. He's a really
0: good dancer. Love that. Love that. Yeah, you know, I, we yeah. had tickets. My wife and I did. I had to sell them because uh, Jets... when,
1: when When was he there?
0: In May. Um, Jackson and Jaws were in a play, and it was the same day. And I was like, I was heartbroken. He's like the guy I want to see more than anything, right? Like he's got so, oh. many, he's got so many songs that just like feel like they speak like right to my heart. Um, you know about losing his dad and all that stuff, right? So it's just he hits home on a ton yeah. of levels, you know. Um, you would have
1: loved the show last night, bro. Oh. He fucking shredded it. He does he was so
0: dude. good. He's so good so that's awesome that you guys got to see him man so cool we
1: my favorite song last night was dive it it was like that one i'm feeling right now you know what i mean like but there's a there's a ton of them um you know i'm not he's a huge powerhouse he's got the sixth song ever to sell 20 million copies or something ever his his, Mm is it was um it wasn't Beer Never Broke My Heart. What's, his, what's the one he wrote in he said in 2004 was like his first song he ever wrote. I'm blanking on which one it was. But one of them, one of them just is the sixth greatest selling song ever. That's insane. And I'm, I'm so sorry that I'm blanking on, the, on what no. song it is.
0: I mean. Hang on. But like that dude ha- has had a meteoric rise. And it's so cool, right? Like just because he's just genuinely himself. You know what I mean? Uh, beautiful. Oh, beautiful! beautiful crazy, crazy.
1: I think was it. Yep. Yeah. Um, he wrote it for his wife. His wife was there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, hit me like a hurricane. I forget, Is that the name? Is that the name of the song? Or is that just the line? Right, I think it's. I think it's. That's a it's song, song as well. He wrote that about his wife. She's from Florida. He was living in Texas and loving it. When when you when you and he's one of the, he's he was
0: a song I mean he's a songwriter yes. dude that guy so much love it's for that good man like and it's not that complicated right like,
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: but it is for me it's simple oh, oh, not yeah. easy it's yeah.
1: simple not
0: easy yeah like he he <laughs> it's it's a very uh, down to earth you know simple concept that he just does really really well and like to me they're almost all home runs man uh
1: he's telling the story like at a
0: show have you seen him
1: live ever no i hadn't either he he, he'll tell you the story about the song he did this on multiple occasions he'll tell you how the song came about when it came about what he was thinking about yeah and then rips it and then you're just like dang i wish we could have been a little bit closer we got pretty close but like Kev, how tall are you? Huh? I don't know. Kev's short. He's like, you I'm know, how tall are you? I am ten, uh, what? Four ten. Four ten. Right on. So he, we struggle with people that are standing in front of us. It sure. don't matter how big they are, and he ain't gonna let you put you. You know, he, he's heavy too, but he, he can't. He don't. He don't want. He don't want to climb up.
0: <laughs> right. Right. Anyway,
1: we 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 have to we have to we have to negotiate it, but we've been going to shows together That's for 12 awesome. years so cool he, he when he when he, he, he'll like he has a, he, he can stutter sometimes but when he's singing a song like a bird it's awesome Love it's that. awesome it's therapy uh, like he, yeah. he you know i don't know it's i so just cool. i think music music crosses all these divides and and bridges the gap and it's an excellent equalizer Absolutely. Um, Kev can hear a song or remember your birthday with one interaction. That's awesome. Jeff, what's your birthday? August 3rd. August 3rd. He will remember that forever. He will call me on August 3rd and be like, it's Jeffrey's birthday. Let's call him.
0: (laughs) I'd welcome it. I'd welcome it. We'll do a FaceTime. I'll be drinking a beer and shotgun one together or something, man. (laughs)
1: he's really really good about birthdays and last night was his birthday show you know who i've been listening to a lot of brother two bands Mm -hmm. if you like luke combs you probably of course you know zach Bryan. zach Bryan is Mm -hmm. so amazing what an incredible songwriter dude speaking of simple not easy that guy makes it easy he is writing songs every day that aren't released he's got just Song set lists of songs that don't make his out make his albums. And it's crazy. He's so talented. Dude sings about my life. Yeah. And, and then I thought Flatland Cavalry was there last night. If you've never listened to Flatland Cavalry Bob, do yourself a favor and check okay. that band out. We'll do. All, are you familiar with I've never heard of, those? No,
0: I, never heard of Flatland Cavalry. I've heard of Zach Bryan.
1: Um, I think you'll dig them. They got some really good. They got some really good music out there. So
0: absolutely, absolutely, yeah. Um, You you were on Chris Stapleton. I feel like as well before like he became Chris Stapleton. Music
1: as a whole for me is like I run, I work out, I listen to music. Like I'm in the house, I'm listening to music. I'm always looking for new music. Like I try to like save songs that I like and build long set lists, and then try to find songs if somebody's down or somebody's sick. I got a song. It's their birthday. I got a song. I got a Sunday song. You know what I mean? But like I don't, I don't even send them out right now. Like I haven't. I used to send music to like brighten people's day. I had like a list of people I'd send music to. I haven't done anything like that. Like I don't have any energy for that. I've had, haven't had the energy.
0: Oh, we're getting uh, older, t- Chad. What's that? <laughs> I said we're getting older. It's. Uh... Oh dude sometimes it's tough
1: <laughs> i've got fat now like i used to be able to like eat whatever and run 50 miles you know drink beer along the way like not anymore dude yeah. i don't it's hard I can't, I'm, ch- I'm chubby now it's hard
0: getting older no doubt about it no doubt. <laughs> you're not it. you look great bro i appreciate you that. always
1: look great fit your dad was fit and looking good till the end
0: looks can be deceiving you know, uh, yeah, you can be skinny and out of shape too. <laughs> you
1: got good, but you got good genes, buddy. Our our mom and dad were just built for speed and musk. You know, yeah, I don't know. We we were really lucky. We're our our, our you know Absolutely. having having both parents parents that love us. Like I work with such sad cases, dude. I don't even want to get started mm-hmm. on some of this. Some of these poor kids that I'm yeah. working with every day right now, foster kids, dude. I got stories that'll just blow your mind. Kids that are in my you know, kids that just have trauma that fail out of school because they can't stop having nightmares or can't sleep at night. They fail out of school because they're having nightmares about the trauma that happened to them. But
0: mm-hmm. um, yeah, we are, we were blessed, dude. Right? <laughs> What's that? I said we were blessed. Right? Yeah, we like, were blessed.
1: That was the point. Yeah.
0: It's it was it was a good upbringing, and right, like uh we had families that like valued family, right? And no matter how crazy life would be whether it was us living in Arizona or you know your mom and dad like they were crazy busy people it was always like come home get back together with our group and reconnect right like we made a point of that even though it wasn't easy for everybody right like we all had a bunch going on or distance to travel but we'd always find that time either to go to Mitchell and you know, get all those families together or, you know, whether it was Christmas or, you know, you know, Todd and Lori's, you name it, right? Like, and that we need to
1: do that. But, you know, it just gets harder Mm -hmm. because once you have three layers of, of family, Uh at this stage of life, everybody is so spread out and everybody has all these other getting it all to come together is almost impossible. You got to get like a year or two out. Oh my God. You know, I think that's what we probably Jeff, maybe we should use this as a catalyst to like try sure. to set something up For sure. in Mitchell on the 4th of July or something. Right. Like Absolutely. that's what we're talking about here. Absolutely. Like Brad's yeah. still got his place. I know. I mean, dude, we could, I'm sure he would be cool with us. Trying to get the all the, invite out the Bowers and the Cadwells and whatever. So get this, I have been working on all these Indian reservations. I I make a point to support. Are you putting bunny ears on me? Or whatever, <laughs> um, I've been working on these Indian reservations, and I just I love you know I I, I really give everything to I give a lot of energy to supporting our native tribes and finding, you sure. know, trying to bring revenue in, trying to trying to show people the positive side of that culture. There's a lot of racism and hatred around the natives in South Dakota, for sure.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I really bu- try to buck that system. And, um, in these processes of working with all these people and, and, and meeting all these people and looking for tribal guides who could, who could represent my expectations for my hunting clients. And, work with me, right? I'm a big energy dude. So not everybody wants to work with me and I don't blame them. And I'm good with not working with everybody. But, um, I ran into a a gentleman, a a tribal guide listed on lower rural Indian reservation by the name of Donnie Cadwell. No way. So I called the dude and I said, he talks just like me, bro. He's got the same blood running in him, dude. Crazy. <laughs> like, there was no doubt that we're connected. Like, we. Sh- I mean, I got to talk to him today already. But, I mean, I talk to him twice a week. We work together. He prepares all my meals for all my hunters. He'll prepare 200 meals for us this year. Wow. Um, and, okay, so here's where I think we got. Donnie Cadwell's father looks just like, well, how about this? I'm going to send you, I'm going to send you two pictures. One of Donnie Cadwell wearing it's a Cadwell thing shirt. Okay. okay. And then his father who is a teacher at the Crow Creek school and spends, you know, is a, is a, is a leader in the Crow Creek tribe basically. Okay. And a teacher. Sure. Let me find these pictures real quick. I I, I really feel like this will uh, uh, be interesting to you. I know where I can do it. I'm gonna forward it to your cell phone. So I forwarded to Uncle Mike these pictures. Yeah. And I think where we got is that um, there his grandfather, which would have been Red Cadwell's, I think cousin. Okay. So they. <clears throat> Your mom, my dad's great grandfather had a brother. Mm. Somewhere in South Dakota, they've parted ways. Yeah. So Red's dad, I think, and Donnie's great grandfather were brothers. Kev, you're like pushing me out of the way, bro. <laughs> <laughs> like, let me in. He wants to be on cam. I love okay. it. Okay. So, um, They parted ways, they went in and married into the, the, that Crow Creek tribe. And, uh, and actually I think they're on lower Brule. Okay. But anyway, we have family extended on lower Brule tribe in enrolled members who, uh, we, we can connect with and I want to build and grow into the family.
0: That's awesome.
1: Yeah. It's really cool. (laughs) Jeff Heinrich.
0: And that's just. You know, like, you you find these things out by just, like, putting yourself out there and trying to, like, you know, build connections with people, and it's like, holy crap, like, what a small world, but also so big.
1: So, I'm super interested in continuing to explore that family. We need to get our family back together. Uh and you can just see, can you get to get the picture of the guy in yes. the full regalia, the full Lakota regalia? Yeah. He looks like Grandpa Red and Daryl Cadwell, dude.
0: Absolutely.
1: And the, the young man, look at his shirt. Yep. It's a Cadwell thing.
0: You wouldn't understand. <laughs> he shows
1: up. I, I attended a traditional Lakota Sundance in June this month. And I was asked to support it by feeding the people. So I went to Donnie and his family and I asked them to make us Menudo to freeze in buckets and deliver to the, to the Wasiwakpa ceremony grounds in Vermilion. And um, that's just the way that I support the people, right? And, and certainly when, when they know that I attended a Sundance and I'm feeding people and I know what Menudo is and, you know, and that we have, you know, family in the tribe, opportunities open up as well absolutely so it's like killing two birds with one stone 100%. and uh, donnie donnie made us menudo do you know what menudo is never heard of it it's made from tripe which is the stomach lining of cows and it's a, a common source of protein on these indian reservations and menudo is a spicy soup with tripe and corn and uh beans and it's uh it's a, it's a delicacy. Interesting. Um, and so we made a bunch of, made a bunch of tripe and we delivered and he had that shirt on and it was just a cool thing, man. So like supporting our family that's in this native, you know, I don't think you have any, you don't have any Lakota blood in you for sure. Yeah. Because our great grandfather, I think great, maybe great, great. We're not sure how far that lineage goes. Had yeah. a brother. Yeah, and they married into the to the, to the Lakota, right. and, and Donnie has blood, and I'm like for sure, for sure. Talks like you and me has that same like fire.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> whatever
1: it is, well, oh. well, Christ, you raspy guys- as hell, you know, raspy as hell, and too loud, <laughs> fucking yeah. loud. Oh, yeah,
0: loud, just a like trademark. me. Yeah, loud as a trademark. Yeah, but like even with you two, like that picture you two stand next to, you, you guys look similar.
1: Right, yeah, like, I, I mean, I minus the red cool. hair,
0: right, and you got a beard, but, like, the the cheek and the eye structure is very similar, right? Like, it's like, holy cats, that's nuts. <laughs> yeah. That is nuts. I can't wait to
1: introduce you as the point. He's a cool dude, Absolutely. and he's us. He's, like, got our blood in him. It's crazy. That's so, anyway, awesome. that was, that's kind of a cool thing.
0: Hell, yeah. That's awesome, man. Yeah, um, yeah. I, we are, we are running all over the place here but it's fun man like I love doing this right like uh and, and you know we're talking about family right um you know unfortunately like and there's no like easy way to transition into this you know but we also share like this tragic connection in that we both lost our dads way too early right I mean shit it's been <clears throat> nine years like a week ago since my dad passed away in 13 almost 13 since you lost yours hmm I did too. Right. November. Yeah. Yeah. Like way too young. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, like, how did how did you even uh begin to like attempt to process that?
1: Um did you know my dad died? Yeah, you did. Um Kevin lost his dad. Yeah, I did for the record. Sorry last,
0: to hear that, Kevin. One year ago. Sorry, man.
1: How old was your dad? Uh, I that's okay. He was probably in his early sixties, about mm. the same as my dad. Hang on. Yeah, buddy. It's 72. <laughs> 72. Um, so how did I process it?
0: Or even I had a begin long,
1: no, no, no. I had a long, remember my dad was sick and dying for eight years. Yeah. So, um, I had time to prepare. Sure, I was living on a bridgeless, beautiful resort island at the time, mm-hmm. and he would drive just from South Dakota and stay with me for two months. And was the happiest fucking sick man on the planet. had a Had a bedroom and a twenty four and a bar and a and a golf cart. He was that he was dr- driving around in a golf cart for three months every winter.
0: Mm-hmm. Not
1: three months, probably a month every winter. For a couple years, we bonded so close. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I had that time with him. I got to say everything I needed to say. I was there when his heart stopped. Yeah. I was there from beginning to end. And uh, I guess I was ready. He was, there's, your body needs nothing more than it needs oxygen. Right. Right. And he struggled with the main building block to life for eight years. It was like an elephant was sitting on his chest or better yet, you know, just a hundred pound dumbbell on your chest for eight years. Right. And um, so he was ready to go. It was his time. Mm -hmm. I have some crazy stories around that. Like he was seeing things and seeing angels and telling us she was there. And he knows that I think I can't see her, but you know, I mean, nuts crazy at the end. Um, I still miss him every day. Like I hear songs and I cry. Like I connect to him through music and hunting.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like I, I still, you know, I believe in things that aren't necessarily based in science. Like I, I feel like I felt him before. Sure. Like I hear him. Put your phone down, dumbass. Quit driving, looking at your phone. Like yeah. I can hear shit. It's him for sure. And whether it's in my head, what he planted me, or if it's actually my my dad like cruising with me down the road for 5000 miles in a month which he loved yeah. by the way you know i don't know but I, I still struggle and and i'd love to hear more about your journey i don't think we've ever talked about this
0: yeah i mean you know like it it's uh we i had a a a, a bit of a ramp right to it as well not is drawn out right um Not that that makes any of it better or worse or, you know, gives you more or less time to prepare, right? Because when you're in that situation, right, like time's the only thing that matters and, you know, every minute or second's precious, right? Uh, Yeah, like I I think we, you know, you knew my dad, right? I loved your dad. This bastion, he was a bastion of health his entire life, right? He weighed the exact same uh, until he got sick from when he graduated college till till that day, right? So, and he never smoked. He Yes, he drank, but, you know, we all do, right, in some respects. But ate right, took care of his body, worked out all the time. And so when he got sick, like, you know, and his dad lived to 101, you know, like, in our head, it was like, nah, it'll be okay, right? Like, we, we never – I know personally, I shouldn't say we – I personally probably never really like looked at it as a death sentence. You know, it was just, it's a bump and he'll be okay. You know, and then, you know, so he had that, you know, small cell, you know, non, whatever lung cancer that unfortunately is crazy deadly. Uh, We didn't know that. Uh, I was under the impression it was bladder cancer and then, yeah. And I think, you know, my dad just didn't want us to, he didn't want us to think like that. Got it. Um, which in retrospect, you know, wish, wish we would have just known, you know, uh, remember that for yourself. A hundred percent, man. Like, just be honest about it. Learn that lesson. Yeah, be honest about it and let your kids know because, like, you know, now looking back, there were weekends where could have gone down and visited, you know, um, but we didn't, right? And, like, you, you can't get that shit back, unfortunately. Um, but, you know, it was, it was all just going along fine. And then, man, probably three months out, he, he was – so the first, you know, 20 months, he was good, Like, it was no – you know, you you knew he was sick, but, man, those last four months it went from, you know, my dad to Doc Brown and back to the future, white hair. You know, he was losing a ton of weight, passing out to, you know, just like that, passed away, right? And so it all happened so fast at the end that that was pretty jarring. I remember –
1: Did he he go through chemo – sorry to interrupt. Did he go through – did he fight it with – traditional western medicine
0: yeah he did um they did some chemo and some radiation very you know minimal if i'm being honest like it was kind of like once a week you know probably not as aggressive as maybe he could have been but i also know like he you know he was he was just a traditional guy like i don't want to go to the doctor right like i'm gonna take you know it'll be okay i take care of myself and then like when it hit the fan. Um, and they went back to the doctor, and the doctor was like, "Rod, I don't know if there's much more we can do." He just was like, "It's all good, man. I've had a good run," and that like sent me into a panic attack. Like getting that call, like putting your dad in hospital. What did the
1: call? How did the call go? Like, what was that?
0: We had there
1: a. We and he called you from the hospital or home or.
0: Uh, you know, we got a text, like, can we all jump on a call together? Like we knew he was in a tough spot. Uh, and that was probably naive of me, right. To not be aware of what was going on. Um, but again, we were all just thinking, you know, doctors will take care of it. He'll be okay. He's a tough, he's a tough dude. He's always been in good health, right. Um, he just needs to get back to the doctor more. And he had stopped going, uh, unfortunately, um, and we just get a text, like, let's all jump on a call, you know, so it's my sister, my brother, mom and dad, and, you know, they they let us know, like, they're going to put them in hospice, and, you know, to say I took that well on the phone would be a wild, un, you know, overstatement. I, you know, lost my shit, and, you know, I'm swearing and yelling at doctors, and. You know, I mean, all of a sudden, dude, just the walls start closing in. My heart's going a million miles an hour. I'm getting hot. I had to lay down. Like, it was not good, right? Um, So, it took a minute to kind of, like, process it, and then it's just like, son of a bitch, right? Like, that's it, you know? Um, Grab Jen and the kid and Jack, and, you know, we, we drove to Sioux Falls that night, and... You know, you try to spend as much time with, you, with them as you can for like the next 10 days, you know, try to say everything you need to say, but it's just never enough time, you know, like it never is. And it's, it's unfortunate. And so like one of the things like I took from that is like, if I ever hear any of my friends, like where their parents are in a situation or anything like that, it's, you know, be an advocate, right? Like don't sit on the sidelines and wait for updates, like go to meetings with them you know, go to the, go to appointments with them, go sit in chemo with them, you name it, right? Because, you know, God willing, they'll beat it, you know, and they'll have that, that they'll, they'll get through it. But if they don't, right, like at least you're there to like support them and help them through all of that. Um, And we weren't, and it sucks. It sucks that like we weren't able to do that and be there with them and be an advocate for them, right? Like he, he probably could have fought, harder had like more people been pushing him you know but he just wanted to keep it under wraps didn't want anybody to know it's okay i'll be all right you know damn it dad you know come on man (laughs) (laughs) um yeah and then yeah i I think because of that and because like i we weren't necessarily there as much as we should have been um or could have been not necessarily should have but could have been you know, I internalized a lot of it and started self-medicating. Kind of went down a little hole. Got sick myself, so that was fun. Sick <laughs> Cal. Um, yeah, this is – so I – probably a year after, I had gone from walking around at, like, 220 down to, like, 180, 175. I had lost a ton of weight. Um, had some blood clots go into Mayo cause they're still trying to figure out what's going on. And they tell me I got leukemia AML what year was this? 2015, you know? Um, and thankfully like, you know, we, we, we go up to another doctor and he's like, you look better than somebody who's got AML, um, which is acute myeloid leukemia, right? Like that's a, death sentence in 2 weeks if you're not like on chemotherapy like instantly and he's like let's keep doing tests keep doing tests and and try and get you right and you know so it was stop drinking start working out again take care of yourself get your mind right you know um through all of it and through this doctor looking at me like a human instead of like here are your test results you know they never did figure out what was wrong. Uh, it was like either, um, uh, gosh, I've even forgotten what it's called. Mastocytosis, mastocytosis, which means like I'm allergic to random stuff at any given time. Um, to like leukemia. It's like this weird bridge where it goes from one to the next really quickly. And like your, your white blood cells start attacking your body and whatnot. And so, put me on, you know, some real basic, you know, drugs that helped. And I started to gain weight and, you know, I, I'm good now, right? Like now I go to the doctor once a year, they check my, my, my red and white blood cells and, you know, make sure everything's functioning right. And, you know, I go on to the next year, but yeah, like I, I just didn't handle, you know, my dad's passing well and, you know, really spiraled like internally and, you know, kind of started to pay the price.
1: So is it, is it, is it cancer or some other reaction? Some, is it, is it actually cancer? Is it leukemia?
0: No, no, it is not. And it's also not this mastocytosis. Um, and it's
1: not mastocytosis. Like they, they're,
0: they're like, we don't know what's wrong. I mean, dude, they were doing bone marrow biopsies, um, uh, close to doing a liver biopsy. Like they couldn't figure it out, but thankfully just like through, kind of I don't want to call it hippy dippy but just like you know people being like hey man get your head right and like we had doctors that were like there's we know a lot but we still don't understand how the mind impacts your body and so like if you can think positively and be in a good state of mind and take care of yourself it's amazing how your body will fight along with that and it was like, God, it's so yeah. true, right? like, what a cool story, dude. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was, you know, the day I went in and they were like, all started freaking out about it and like, Hey, we got to get you tested for this and this, like it was two days after Jocelyn was born, you know? So I was like in my head, right. It's like, Holy shit. I'm like, well, I'm going to die and that sucks. Right. And then it finally was like a doctor was like, Hey, you know, if you think like that, And my wife was also very big on, like, quit thinking like that. Like, you got to pull yourself out of this and tell yourself you're moving in the right direction and we're going to be okay, right? Like, and thankfully we have been, right? Like, I'm, I'm good. I'm not 220 anymore. There's probably a little extra weight there that I didn't need to be carrying around. But, you know, I'm back to 210, 215 and feeling good and, you know, Every day is a blessing, right? Like, keep moving and find your priorities and don't be so stressed about stupid shit you can't control and all that stuff, man. How's your golf game? <laughs> I play. I know you do. <laughs> it's okay. And I think every time I see you,
1: like, with a golf club or, like, you look strong, dude. I mean, 2'15", two, two 210, 215 suits you. How tall are you, 6'4"?
0: Yeah, 6'3", six, 6'4". Six, like, in between there, but... Yeah.
1: How how much does your dad weigh? I mean, you're almost identical to your father, right? You uh, Justin's a little bigger, or not?
0: No. So my dad was 180, 185. He was skinny as hell. Yeah, you're big. Wow. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, I got the, you know, I, I, I got the height from my dad and the width and like power from our parents, right? Like from my mom and you know the Cadwell side, right? Um, which is a nice mix. Right, <laughs> it's a good mix. It's a
1: good I feel mix. like you've done pretty good for yourself, buddy. You look fucking yeah. great. I'm so glad we got to catch like, I'm so glad we're doing this, bro. Absolutely. I'd love to see you, man. You got to come to Florida. You should see the river that I live on, dude. I live on the Weeki River. We'll be there. You got to come visit. This place is stunning. We'll be what there about. in
0: December, man. Going to Anne Iowa. Yeah. When in December? Uh, I I think it's like the seventh, like somewhere around oh, there,
1: dude. I'll be in South Dakota. No. <laughs> Yeah, I'll for sure be there just,
0: through, like, the 15th. Just going back and forth, right? And I feel like that's how it's been the last couple of times we've been there. Like, I've tried to, we've tried to connect, and it's like, well, we're going in opposite directions, right? Like, we're Yo, up here all the time, so we want to get down there in the winter.
1: <laughs> um, Uncle Mike and Devin, my, his, you know, Jane's son, Devin, mm-hmm. and Jane want to get Devin goose hunting. You know, that's how I spent time with my father. That sure. time with there, like we we hunted we hunted honkers, and that was like our favorite thing to do. Favorite time of year. He's yeah. where I got that from. We are trying to put together a family goose hunt. Emily Cadwell, Todd Cadwell's wife, yeah, bought him a hunt with me. Whatever he wants to do, just tell me how much and when it is, and talk to Todd and figure it out. It's like so we're originally talking about just hunting some geese together. I don't know if you'd be interested in that, but, you know, our grandfather and his brothers, and th- those guys were commercial goose hunters. They were harvesting, they were harvesting geese with a fucking punt gun full of glass and <laughs> nails and rocks, and they'd blast the, I mean, they were commercial. They were shooting a hundred at a time.
0: Jeez. jeez. Yeah, no, I mean, I would definitely, I'd go for their camaraderie. I think my wife would murder me if I actually killed another oh, she, living thing. Oh, yeah, so, I
1: did. You can't hunt. You would just have to sit there and drink coffee. I'd That's drink some fine. coffee
0: and some beer and some whiskey and bourbon and, you know, maybe smoke a cigar and say, hey, there's something over there. But
1: <laughs> if, if she sees this, Jen, I just want you to know, like, when I harvest an animal and when we have our people harvest an animal, we try to do it in the most respectful, fast ah way possible and do it in the most, with pure heart and, you know, say a, say a prayer of thanks. And like, we try to do it really well, you know, like if, I do not take it lightly that we're taking a life, but I do take a lot of lives when, when it comes to animals. And, um, I believe that's my place on the food chain. Sure. I don't think that any of these people that are standing here today, hundreds of thousands of years ago, hundred thousand years ago, their, their lineage wouldn't have made it if they didn't eat me. Sure. So I feel like no. it's my rightful place and I'm not trying to justify anything, but I guess that's kind of where I come from on the hunting thing, man. There's, yeah. a, there's a pure, beautiful, I feel like that's where I'm supposed to be is sure. like in the woods, in a tree, hunting game, prey animals, you know, yeah. like I'm, it's different for me trying to think about hunting predators. That's not my place. Like, I don't know. Yeah, and I'm I
0: not, think, I think, uh, I, I can't speak for her. Right. Um, but she understands, like, where you come from on that. Uh, her big issue is just doing it for funsies, right? Yeah. Where people are like, oh, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm just going to do this to to kill an animal and feel tough, right? Well, you know, again, you're not, right? You want to feel tough, join the service and start hunting humans and see how that works out, right? Like, people can fight back, right? Um, and, and so, like, I think that's kind of where you know, she comes down and I just, you know, out of respect for her, it's kind of one of those things. It's like, yeah, I'm just, I I wouldn't do it. Right. Cause I, I know she, um, doesn't necessarily agree with it, but she's not like one of those diehard, uh, vegetarians. It's like, I mean, for crying out loud, she cooks me meat. Right. Like she gets it. Um, as long as it's, you know, with respect and all that stuff. So, which obviously like you do, right. Like I've seen that, like, you know, I mean, for crying out loud, right, you're talking about, you know, um, Native Americans and how essentially they they utilize every part of an animal, right, to sustain, right? And that's, like, what it should be, right? Like, no part goes wasted. You know, like, everything is of value uh, in an animal, and they utilize it, you know, whether it's, you know, the leather or the fur or to, you know, stomach lining, right? Like, you yep. name it, right? Um, it's all part of the process, and it's not taken lightly, you know?
1: Um, so we do, you know, and this is something that I battle with, but I, but I, it's my business and I just get through it. But, and we found a way to work around it. I do have hunters that are traveling here from across the country and they just want a set of horns. Mm. So what we do is they harvest their horns. We take that animal, they pay for it to be processed and we put it in a freezer to be distributed to the, to the, to the people, to the elders, to the people that That's need awesome. food for the winter, we distribute. I mean, last year, dude, we probably distributed 1,000 pounds of meat. That's awesome. And we'll, do, we'll probably do more this year. I mean, you know, we've got a lot of hunters, and anybody that doesn't want that meat or they just want to take part of it, we harvest all of it, they pay for it, and we distribute it as steaks and burger and roasts.
0: That's so cool. It's really cool. I mean, we're
1: doing our best to leave more than we're taking for sure. We're leaving money. We're leaving relationships. We're leaving, you know, food and and good farm to table, true farm to table protein, Mm -hmm. lean protein and um, and money. And, and supporting businesses and doing all those things. That's a huge component for me, whether it's our reservation families or even our ranch families. Yeah. Like we do a lot of money with, with private ranch or a lot of business with private ranchers
0: yeah.
1: who, you know, are losing their short, you know, losing their, you know, giving their whole lives physically, mentally, emotionally, and financially into this cattle business that are, you know, barely Absolutely. getting by. You Absolutely. know, some of them are killing it too, but anyway, sure.
0: No, I mean, that's, that's incredibly cool and admirable as well, right? Like it's not just, yeah, here's your trophy. No, you know, it's what else can we do with this? And if that's what you want to come out here for, that's cool. But you're paying for the rest of this.
1: Can we, can I ask you, can you tell me a little bit about your experience in the army? I mean, you, you brought it up and I would love to know what, even I don't want you, you probably spent more time on this, but I would love to hear about maybe where you're coming from on that. And, but also if, if you'd share it, like how you think we need to proceed? We're in a pretty touchy spot militarily right now.
0: (laughs) Yeah. You know, like I, I don't think, uh, my opinion matters with respect to where we're at now and like what we should do next. I'm not even remotely smart enough to figure out where to go geopolitically and, and how to handle all that. Right, um, I do think, as a country, you know, you need a strong military to protect yourself. Um, I always respected the Powell doctrine of which which basically states like the military is used for one thing and one thing only, and that is complete, and i'm I'm paraphrasing this, but like complete and utter destruction of our enemy, right like we're not a peacekeeping force we're not a policing force it is something bad's going on well we're not a hammer it's we are a sledgehammer and we will go in and take care of it and then it's we should leave because we're not set up and you're not trained for that they try to but it's not what it's just not what it's trained for so like I always believed in that and I think that would bode well politically if if, like that's how we were utilized now I know like there's way more to it and people can like hammer on you know like the war machine and all that goes into that and you know I don't necessarily agree with that but you know I'm not a politician so I don't make those decisions uh I I chose to to sign up and serve my country because at the time it felt like that was what was needed in the country right like we we had just suffered a massive tragedy right? Like I joined essentially a year after 9-11 happened when I was a senior and had a big impact on me and I needed to do my part. Right. Um, I had nothing at the time technically, right? Like I, I, no relationship, no kids, um, wasn't sure where to go. Just leaving a team, you know, playing, you know, college baseball and like kind of feeling a little lost, needed a little bit of purpose and,
1: That was your senior, you were a senior in 2002 uh, in college.
0: Yeah, I graduated in 02. So, so, you know, 9-11, 2001 happened fall of my senior year, right? Um, Went and graduated and ended up joining in November the following year, right? Uh, Signed up and, you know, it was still the Wild West. We didn't know, still didn't know who did it. I mean, I'm sure people did, but, you know, the general public was was under the impression Like, was it Iraq? Was it Afghanistan? Who knows, right? So it was just, they needed help, and I was like, I can help, you know. I'm able-bodied and ready to rock. So, yeah, so I I, I enlisted and, you know, met some great people and had some pretty incredible experiences. Um, Did you go officer out? No, I could have, but that would have taken another year. And I was just ready to go. Right. Uh, and I, I think, like, when I joined, I kind of said, if it's what I want to do for the rest of my life, that'll definitely be where I end up. But for the time being, I just want to Sk- go. Yeah, yeah. I just want to go get my feet wet and get to work. And so we did. And yeah, I, you know, I think, like, towards the end, that was when I had met my wife and I kind of knew you could see the writing on the wall that this wasn't going to be over quick. And I wanted to start that next chapter. And so it's like, man, do I want to spend the next five to eight years just rotating in and out of country and trying to survive? Or do I want to go take on that next chapter and start a life? And, you know, so I'd met my wife and kind of realized, all right, this is probably where I want to end up. I'm just going to transition out. Wasn't easy. I mean shit if I'd have stayed in, I could retire today
1: you you were were you this is what's ringing in my head tenth mountain
0: no 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 uh i was I was in the cavalry, like there's cavalry in tenth mountain there's cavalry um attached to most infantry units, you know, so we're just we were smaller smaller fighting force you know infantry essentially is like hey, there's a hundred guys, go take that hill whereas uh I was a scout right, so we were more like Figure out a way to get behind the hill, take people out strategically, call in—you know what you need to call in—and get the get the hell out, right? Like it was reconnaissance, and it was good, man. It was a good time. Like again, met a lot of people. Like you, met, I think you met Rocky at my wedding. Yeah, I remember you know? Rocky for uh, sure. One of my best friends, right? Like we we were battle buddies from day one, and you know, two alphas, button heads, but ended up on the same team, and you know, now it's it's just a it's a brotherhood and a bond that you'll have for the rest of your life
1: that 100%. awesome
0: a hundred percent man it was it was awesome i'd i'd recommend it to anybody it was it was a, it it shapes a lot of who you are uh in a short period of time no doubt about it no doubt about it
1: what do you so what um maybe we don't go here maybe there's i didn't ask you you i didn't i don't think we talked about any out of bounds what are you thinking about this presidential race what do you
0: <laughs> yeah i don't know man like i don't know i just i don't i would just not like to see it devolve into what it was you know two however four years ago however many it was right like that i didn't like that you know what i mean you didn't like trump no i i i don't give a shit about him i don't give a shit about biden right i think they're both you know Honestly, probably pieces of shit Uh, that really don't care about you or I or Kevin, right? So who they are is irrelevant to me. I'd rather just see the country, like, be somewhat a bit more unified on things um, and not be so, I'm right, you're wrong, you know? There is a candidate for that. Oh, yeah? Who's
1: that? Robert F. Kennedy junior
0: yeah i mean maybe right like i i don't know i don't i'm not i'm i'm so i don't want to say disinterested in politics just disenfranchised it feels like they don't speak for you or i 100 agree with you you know so i
1: think dude this kennedy character he's john f kennedy's uh nephew sure. his dad was robert f kennedy who was also gunned down, Mm -hmm. running for president after winning South Dakota and Texas or something, right? As a Democrat.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, This is their, his son, he grew up with it. He carries these traditional, he calls himself a Kennedy liberal. I am the farthest thing from a Democrat that you will ever meet, but I'm also neither represented by the Republicans. I've been wasting my vote as an independent and a libertarian, and it just doesn't ever go anywhere. I don't necessarily agree with everything libertarian, so I'm unrepresented, not independent. Robert F. Kennedy is somebody to check out, dude. Take 45 minutes and watch an interview. I'm going to text you an interview he did with Michael Smirconish. He just spent three hours on Joe Rogan. I saw an interview with Bill Maher. This one with Smirconish is the best well-rounded yeah. Kind of look into who this guy is as a person, sure. and he's very impressive. He's not a career politician. He's running as a Democrat, bro. Which I can't even hardly get myself to. to so I want to vote in the primary. Mm-hmm. I can't. I don't even. I can't even bring myself to switching over to be a Democrat. But I wouldn't do. Wouldn't sign myself up as a Republican yeah. either. I, that's I'm what's, misrepresented.
0: That's what's so tough, right? Is, and that's why I'm like so disenfranchised by it. Is it's gotten so you know, far on both ends of the spectrum that I think most people, the vast majority of us are a little bit of the left and a little bit of the right. You know, like I believe we should help people, but I also believe, you know, that I should be able to own a firearm. Right. And why do they have to be mutually exclusive? Right. And they've made it that. And that's what's so frustrating so much about the current landscape that, You know, it's just yucky. All the way around. No,
1: dude. It's horrible. And 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 either it don't matter if it's Trump or DeSantis or Mm -hmm. Biden or any of you know Michelle Obama or whatever, the Clintons or Mm -hmm. whatever, it's the exact same problems, just flopping back and forth, right? Yep. And it will never get out of it. We need something completely different, and I don't know that we're ever going to be able to remove money from politics, which would probably solve a lot of it. And Robert F. Kennedy is talking about really wanting to do that. Now I think they'll kill him, like they killed John F. <laughs> Kennedy, because he also wants to dismantle the CIA. Oh boy! But um, <laughs> he is a cool dude, man. And, and they are have they have they have crafted a narrative that is stuck that he's this crazy. Anti vax, blah, 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 blah. Dude, nobody will debate him on the vax because he's fucking right. Pardon my mouth. I don't care. I don't care where you're at. Like, there's signs on both sides. Nobody will debate this dude. He's, he's, anyway, I I haven't ever been vocal about politics. I've always been embarrassed about my vote. You know what I mean? Like, not embarrassed, but like not willing to share. For the first time, I think this is a guy that I can get behind. And I truly believe that he is the what's right for this country. So I don't normally vocalize my opinion about politics because I, I work in a very political environment, mm-hmm. uh, politically charged maybe environment. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm going to take a stand on this one. I think this man's the best thing for the future of our country. He's talking about unifying, removing greed, you know, and he, he, and he will work across the aisle. He is pro 2A,
0: You know what I mean? But he wants
1: to help people. He wants to build the border, but let people in control who's coming in. I mean, he just making, Oh, he doesn't make anything but sense. And they hate him Sure, because he, he's going to, he's going to take away power from the cabal.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, and that's good, right? That like you, you've, you've found and identified somebody that you think makes sense, right? Like there's, and that's part of the problem is it's, there's so much that just doesn't speak in that, realm that it makes you know the vast majority of the people again just not feel like they're represented and unfortunately those are the people that do elect somebody right and we got to get those people back in the game to eliminate the the crazy if you will in my opinion right and the the far out there you know pushing these equally but opposite crazy narratives against each other right like what about what's best for the country like let's just try and figure that out not what's best for my party or best for me
1: corporation or you know, news channel
0: yeah. or whatever dude. Yeah 100% man right. Um Yeah what else what else you got on tap for today dude Kevin looks well, like he's ready to go sun somewhere. For the to
1: pop out of the clouds, and we're gonna go get in this beautiful, crystal clear, spring-fed river and go swim with some manatees today. Oh,
0: that It's awesome. supposed to be.
1: It's supposed to be sunny at two o'clock. Kevin can swim like a fish, but only in a pool. So he is gonna. He's going It's gonna be a challenge getting this to go off without a hitch today. He says he's gonna do it, but you just getting this. his foot in first step into two inches of water is gonna be hard. You got so this, we'll Kevin. see you yeah. can do it yeah do you have anything you want to say you lost your dad and we talked yeah. about that did you hear all that conversation that we were having yes do you have anything you want to share I do what um I want to say uh the, the uh, I will say. Jack and me I will say uh <coughs> way he, uh, he got engaged
0: in the- You can't do this. Law.
1: Why are you telling on Craig?
0: <laughs> Poor Craig.
1: Craig gets, if he, once he meets somebody or somebody tells him something, he never forgets it. Like six years ago, our buddy got drunk and proposed to his girlfriend, who they're still married with no intentions of getting married. <laughs> and Kevin guessed it said, when are you getting married? And he had just proposed to her on the boat. Um, you know, I don't, I don't have anything else. Um, I just, I just think, uh, I'm just so glad we got to, to catch yes. up and spend this time. And Absolutely. I think if, if we take away anything from this conversation, dude, we need to try to get our family back together. And if nothing else, me and you, but I mean, I know that Mike's side and, you mm-hmm. know, and maybe get Doug involved. Mm -hmm. I don't know how Doug's health is. He had a run at some bad health too. We need to get everybody together on that whole side.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. We'll put the calls out. We'll make that happen.
1: I think we need to do that, dude, for sure. For
0: for your kid's sake. A hundred percent, man. They, like they just got, they have two cousins now, right? Um, Both were just born in the last like five, six months. So they're super excited about that. But again, it's, that those were such core memories, right? Of just the holidays and like spending time with that family together like that was was so impactful uh, growing up. That yeah, if I can, we can try to figure out how to recreate that um, for all of them. That's what's up. That's what's. kelsey
1: has what got two boys too, man. I'm an uncle. I'm like the Funkle, dude. I he he thinks I'm like a wild animal. He just like they want to like. I send him videos, you know, from all these crazy places or whatever, and he's just like. He watches him before he goes to sleep. He thinks I'm
0: like a, a, you know, I don't know, <laughs> like a, a bald bald monkey. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. And then, uh, hey, like we got to stay in touch more, right? Like yeah, we gotta, we gotta that, keep doing this, yeah. and that's part of why I want to do this as well, right? Is to just create these moments and opportunities for for to connect. You know, family, Bro, when friends. You were,
1: when you were thinking about coming back or getting ready to go and serve. I don't remember if it was at the beginning or going back or going to Korea or whatever it was. I wrote you a letter that I remember. I like poured myself into that letter. I remember crying, writing it like Mm. crazy. Do you remember that?
0: Yeah. It's in a book. Got it in a book. It was when I was getting Uh, recalled. I think
1: I don't remember like how it came to be. I think Jen may have said, Hey, this is what's going on. Right. said, Cool. I did. And I just remember finding, like, all these emotions and connection and, like, this familial bond when I wrote that that was, like, so extreme. I remember that, and I think that was one of those points in my life where I think I realized, like, that family, how tight that family bond is. Mm -hmm. And I still have that, man. Like, I would do anything for family.
0: Absolutely. Random,
1: you know, second nephews or something in trouble. Like, dude, just give me a reason to help, you
0: know, whatever. Anyway, hundred percent. We
1: need to get together, bro. We need to get our, for
0: your kids, for Chelsea's kids, for our sake. Absolutely. Shoot some fireworks. Yeah. Light off some explosives. Let's yeah. go. Uh, yeah. It, thank you, Chad, for for doing this today. This this is a ton of fun, man. And I'm so glad we got to do it. Kevin, it's an honor to meet you, brother. Uh, have fun swimming today. All right, you got this. I love that.
1: Yeah, belly flop right into the deep part of the lake or into the river. Oh yeah, no, nope.
0: <laughs> not gonna happen. <laughs>
1: no.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, I love you, cousin. Uh, means love a lot. Too, bro. Uh, take care, and we'll uh, yeah, we'll do this again. All right, brother.
1: Thanks for the opportunity, buddy. Good, great to catch up with you.
0: hundred percent. Hundred percent. Tell the
1: family I said I send my love. Okay.
0: We'll do will do right,
1: take all care right,
0: Bye. Bye. man that was fun hope you all are having a good time listening to this uh i appreciate everybody checking it out and i hope everybody has a great week and i look forward to talking to everybody next week please 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 don't forget to like share comment subscribe do whatever um means a lot to me so i, I do truly appreciate that have a great week be good